Yo, beast mode, I go beast mode Left, right, hook, then I reload Speed until the E3 slow Connect every uppercut, clean blow Hello and welcome to the new Southpaw Jab podcast. If you've seen our site, you'll know we're all about boxing and that we love the small hall circuit. We know there are a lot of boxing podcasts out there, more on that later, uh, but we're sure you'll love this one and we hope we can offer something a little bit different. Coming up on the show, we've got big news for a Southpaw Jab team member and we've got commiserations for another. We've got an interview with Commonwealth title challenger Tom Farrell, and we're rounding up the big cards as well as all the small hall action you've got to come this coming weekend. Also, we've got our Better the Week feature to look forward to. I'm your host, George Store, and on the line I've got Southpaw Jab editor, Adam. How are you doing, Adam? Hi, George. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not bad. Are you in any less pain than you were yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm much better, thank you. I'm um, upright. It's all good. Yeah. The walking wounded or the podcasting wounded, um, yeah. as as it may be. Anyway, so you've got some. We've got some big news from Team Southpaw Jab that we're going to break on the new podcast. Do you want to talk us through it, Adam? Yeah, yeah. It was announced late last night that um, Team Southpaw Jab's uh, Hannah Rankin has got another world title shot, an IBO Super Welterweight title up in Paisley on the fifteenth of June. She's fighting the American um, American champion Sarah Curran. Uh, and yeah, very exciting times for Hannah. Of course, if she wins, she will be Scotland's first professional female world champion. Yeah, that would be massive for Hannah, wouldn't it? I know she just just fell short against Clarissa Shields, but we were also impressed that she went the distance. Um, do we know much about this opponent? I'm, I'm. Well, I mean, obviously we've got box rec, and so I've done a bit of that. Um, it's, it's fairly new news, if you know what I mean. But Hannah's team are talking fairly confidently. This Sarah Cullen. Current, sorry, she's 4 1 and 1. Uh, she's never had any stoppage wins. She lost her debut. Um, unfortunately, this is part of the problem with uh, women's boxing, and this is why we like to cover it, is that often you don't really know much about these fighters, even in, until they get to world title level. Um, so for us, mm-hmm. it's difficult to know too much about her, just as I imagine, unless Hannah had fought, you know, because Hannah's fought Clarissa Shields on TV, that's the only thing people will know about Hannah from over there. Um, which is unfortunate given that she's the WBC silver champion that was. But, um, but yeah, so basically, we don't know an awful lot, but Hannah and her team do, and Noel was saying to me that, has been saying to us that whatever she brings, it's not going to be enough. So we'll yeah. see come June the 15th, I suppose. Yeah, well, we can see that argument, can't we, from, as you said, trainer Noel Callan. Um, Hannah now having faced Alicia Napoleon, and more recently, Clarissa Shields, and now uh, getting this opportunity. It's back down at uh, natural weight, isn't it, I believe? It is, yeah. She was up at um, super middleweight from Super Welter to fight uh, Alicia Napoleon. And, and that's another good example. That was a world title fight on a show with uh, male fighters. And they put a four-round float in on the last and then threw the women on after the TV broadcast had ended. <laughs> So, and, and it was rated as uh, one of the writers from America called it the greatest fight you've never seen. So that goes to show you quite how the women's boxing is uh, is up against it in a lot of ways around the world. Yeah, definitely. So it's been a big year for Hannah and it's been a big year for Team Southpaw Jab. Do you want to just talk us through quickly, for any listeners who don't know, do you want to just talk us through what Team Southpaw Jab is and uh, what gets done, Adam? Uh, yeah, of course. Well, I mean... 
Southward jab was set up by Chris Wadhams, who is away at the moment with his family on holiday, well-earned holiday. And basically what it started as was he was thinking of a way of trying to help fighters because he was friends with a few guys like Chris Hobbs and uh, Safe and Morris and people like that. And this idea came around, I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, basically he, he wanted to help the guys out, give them a bit of publicity. Chris likes making posters, we help promote their fights. And basically over the few years that I've been with Chris and I've been on part of Southport Jab, we've sort of slowly been adding other fighters uh, to our thing. Obviously we have to like working with these guys, so it's all people that we know, we've met and we get on with, and we just try and help them out. We don't charge them any money. And if they want to join the team, they join the team. It's up to them. So, yeah, it's, it's pure altruism, George. Mm. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure the listeners will be uh, impressed with the levels of altruism going on. Um, so talk us through. I know there's some, there's some really big names getting on the, on the roster now at Team Southpaw Jab. Do you want to just talk us through a couple of them? And then I know we're going to discuss um, who's had a good sort of 2018 or a good you know, last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got 15 fighters, pro and amateur. We've got guys who've had a couple of fights up to people like, you know, Ryan Walsh, who's a British champion. Um, we've got Hannah, who's fought in world title fights. Uh, we've got Daryl Williams, who's obviously fought for the British super middleweight title uh, midway through last year and was robbed blind, unfortunately. Um, you know, that's the sort of... And then we've got a couple of amateur guys. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a busy team. And Chris is always... Um, Always looking to add to it. Mm-hmm. So, who who do you think, who in your opinion, of those Southpaw Jab fighters, if we had to pick, who's had the best last twelve months? Because we know, obviously, oh. another one really to, that's big news was Fabio Wardley getting that management deal with Dillian White, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Fabio had been inactive and was getting a bit frustrated and had been sparring around the scene because he's an incredibly talented young heavyweight. If you don't know anything about him, check him out. Uh, and because he'd met Dillian White down at Miguel's, I think, um, in Brixton, he'd sort of, this management deal had come about. So he then ended up getting out twice at the tail end of last year, in the last month. And of course, you were there, you and I were there for one of those fights. Mm. Yeah, he's looking, as you say, very impressive, a very impressive young heavyweight. So, I mean, yeah. I think that's right up there. I know that's not as big a news in many ways as... Um, you know some of the big wins that Southpaw Jab fighters have had, but just as a sort of foot in the door to the. Um, you oh, know, absolutely! I mean, he was. You know, Fabio was the guest on the on the Ringside Toe to Toe podcast, which we'll talk about in a minute. But mm. you know, you don't get that unless you made some connections. And he talks well. He it, all he needed was that little bit of limelight, and he's got that now. And hopefully, you know, 2019 we'll see him challenging for titles live on live on Sky, basically. Which is great. You're right. It's it's fantastic news for him. Definitely. So as well, um, that same night, obviously, when when we were there on the undercard of uh, Dillian White versus Derek Chisora, we saw Ryan Walsh defend his British title. It's been a big year for him, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he um, he wasn't part of Team Southpaw Jab back then, but he obviously had that draw to save his title, even or to keep, retain his title uh, on the undercard of Groves Eubank. Um, I thought a draw was a little bit uh, unkind on him. And I have to say, I thought the scorecards were a little bit unkind of him against Reese Bellotti. I thought he was a much clearer winner than it was given. Uh, but he did get the decision and fair play to him. Ryan's a lovely guy and hopefully we will get under MTK. He's just signed with MTK along with his brother Liam. 
uh, we'll get quite a lot of uh, more publicity and hopefully more regular fights. Yeah, they're making moves, aren't they, MTK? They've signed that big uh, deal with was it with ESPN as well. Yeah, and so, yeah, you'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's just fantastic exposure for all their fighters. They put on good... I, was, I went to my first MTK Your Call show the other week, and they do put on a good show. Um, it's really... They're really fun to attend, so fair play to them for sort of... You know, it, it takes a lot of guts in boxing to to risk it with the amount of money it costs to do everything. So, you know, it's really good work of them. And obviously we're, we're chuffed for Ryan mm. that he can get, can get that exposure. I love that they're getting the small hall shows televised as well. I'm, I'm really liking that about the MTK setup. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, there's various different ways of doing the small hall thing. And I, I like the way they do it with the live, um, the live YouTube feed. Obviously, I mm. used to work at Hellraiser and Mickey Helliot, films it all and sends it off to Channel 4 for their um, highlights show KOTV, which is well worth a watch if you uh, set your recorder for sort of two in the morning. It's boxing snippets from some of the best fights around the world and back from history, so that's a good show. But yeah, there's different ways of doing it, and I, I like MTKs a lot, yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's a lot more now doing that streaming as well. I know Steve Wood does that with VIP as well. Um so anyway, moving on from there, we wanted to have sort of a quick chat. It's counterintuitive, but we wanted to have a quick chat about the increasingly competitive sort of marketplace we're going into with a boxing podcast because we know really that everyone and their nan has a podcast at the minute. We're so meta though because we're, we're podcasting about podcasting. I mean, <laughs> if that's not 2019, what is yeah, well, there you go. I'm, I can just hear how impressed the listeners are right now. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to acknowledge that, yeah, we know we're going into a crowded marketplace, but we hope we can do something a little bit different. Obviously, we've got tremendous access to these Southpaw Jab fighters, and we want to show you their journeys. Um, we've also got a couple of features planned. We're going to do a bet of the week, um, which we think will be an interesting one for you, just picking out one boxing bet in each podcast. And we also wanted to do a feature called Ask the Opposition and really just pick the brains of some journeymen about uh, the prospects they've faced, you know, ahead of those prospects going into big fights. So we've had a word with Poochie, Louis Van Pooch, uh, and he's going to come on the show soon. Um, so there's that to look forward to and there will be a better the week in this edition. So that's at the end of the show. So, which looking around at those other podcasts, um, which are your favourites, Adam? Have you got a favourite? Uh, I mean, I like all of the standard ones. You know, the, the reincarnation of the Box Nation one, which is now the Boxing Podcast. I enjoy that, like Steve Lillis and Dev Sarni. Obviously, Mike Costello and Steve Bunce. Uh, I like the Toe to Toe podcast a lot. Um, it's it's dipped ever so slightly, in my opinion, since Spencer the Knowledge mm. uh, has been as Hundred percent. Stop it forever, or I don't know how that works. But I always really enjoyed listening to him. Um, and then there's uh, the fight talk one, which I know you've got as well. And also uh, the raps on TV guys are doing doing some interesting stuff. I think they even got Tank uh, Javonta Davies as a guest recently. So fair play to them. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting interview. Another good one um, that I've enjoyed is sorry. Another good one that I've enjoyed is that Tris Dixon's boxing life stories. That's a bit different. I thought. Have you uh, seen any of them? It's a bit more in depth. Yeah, 
Um, Unfortunately, one of the ones I put on was with um, someone on a bad phone line, and it was very difficult to understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, the guy who got Paul Williams, who got paralysed, but mm. very, very thick uh, South American accent, or the deep South accent, along with a bad line. I struggled, but yeah, it's, this is a good one. I enjoy that. And um, yeah, one other podcast I just wanted to give a mention to was Gloves Red because I met those guys up in Glasgow when I was covering a Sam Kynock show up there recently, and they've just got a new podcast off the ground, which is um, it's very sort of specialised in the the Scottish uh, the Scottish small hall scene, well, and, and Scottish boxing generally, really. But that that's a good podcast and worth a listen um, for the Scottish boxing scene. So anyway, um, as we said, where do we fit into this? We want to sort of update you on those Southpaw jab fighters. We'll cover big fights and big cards, but we also want to have a good focus on the small hall scene. In our featured interview this week, we're looking ahead towards the Commonwealth super lightweight title fight in Liverpool between Team Southpaw Jab's own Phil Bowes and Liverpool man Tom Farrell. That's on March 30th at the Echo Arena. Bose goes into this fight as the first defence of his title, having defeated 21-year-old Tanzanian Benson Inyawila at York Hall. His record sits at 19-3, and and three of those wins came by stoppage. Hometown man Farrell, he's 16-1 and with five stoppages. His only loss came at the hands of one of the most controversial men in boxing, the recent retiree O'Hara Davis. We're going to hear from Tom now. Right, so we've got Tom Farrell now on the line, who's challenging for the Commonwealth title against Phil Bowes uh, on Saturday the 30th of March, at the end of this month. How are you doing, Tom? Good, mate, yeah, thanks. How are you? Brilliant, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, so how's how's your camp going? How's the how's camp life? Yeah, um, all good. Yeah, everything's going going according to plan. Been uh, feel like it's been a long camp already, but it's, I've fully enjoyed it. And, you know, it's a big fight like this is gonna be giving the motivation to you know, keep training hard and keep keep focusing on on the thirtieth March and feel like it's coming around quick. So so now I'm really really looking forward to. It. Brilliant. And uh, you feel like you've been making improvements and everything like that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I feel like uh, I've been improving, improving my part of my games for, you know, for, for a long time now. So I feel like that, that focus on the big fight has got me, got me you know, really switched on. And, and it's, it's, as I said, it's given me, given me the focus to, to, to put that into practice on the night. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, Maybe for for listeners who haven't uh, seen too much of your boxing so far, how would you describe your own style? Um, I think I can probably do do, do quite a lot really, um, whether it's coming forward or boxing on my back foot. So I think uh, they, they'll they'll find me. I'm always just seen to be in good fight, so I think it'll, it'll be a style pleasing fighter to watch on the night. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting matchup, isn't it? Um, is is that one you've had a lot of your fans sort of excited about getting tickets from you and stuff because of that that matchup? It's a big one for for both of you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a it's a massive fight for both of us, isn't it? You know, Commonwealth title. It's a it's it's a it's a prestigious title on the line for both of us, and obviously Phil's defended it, so he'll be determined to to try and keep it keep me away from it. 
Um, and I think there's, everyone's just buzzing about the cards. It hasn't been a big card in a city like this with that many scouts on for for a while. So everyone's made up and buzzing to be to be back at well the Echo Arena, which is now called the the M&S Bank Arena. But I think everyone still will call it the Echo. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's fun of them. It won't be able to shake the Echo Arena tag. And uh, I I think everyone's just buzzing over it. People like complaining about like. The, the bill saying, oh, it's not that big, not that good, not that strong, and you know, tickets have gone mad. It's like, I think it's it's, it's going to be the end of the settlement in there. Yeah, it's massive. It's a massive one for Liverpool, isn't it? Like, yeah, um, definitely. How do you feel about being on, on that bill alongside the likes of, you know, Anthony Fowlers and David Price as well? Yeah, made up, you know, it's, it's great to be sharing, sharing the bill with such, such, such a lot of talent from, from the city. Um, you know, I've been on some some massive bills already, so yeah. it's it's not new to me. So I'm just take take all that in my stride. But I think yeah, it's just it's just a testament to how much of a boxing city Liverpool is. And you know, we need we need all, all the likes of myself and and the other scouts is it coming through to to push on and to keep keep packing them shows up in the Echo Arena. Definitely. So what what's the key to your success? Do you think on the thirtieth? I think I've just got to um, make sure I, I put everything into practice. Well, you know, Danny's been working on, on me with, working, working on, on with me. So, yeah, it's remaining focused and, you know, staying switched on at all times, which, you know, I've, I've found out previously, you, you know, you can't, you can't switch off in these big fights. So, I think that's sort of what we, we've been looking at doing, making sure, you know, no lapses of concentration because at the high, high level, like, like like what that you you'll you'll get punished for it. Definitely, definitely. So, what do you see as um, Phil Bowe's biggest asset or his biggest threat? Um, I think he's a, I think he's a very very slick slick boxer and he's quite relaxed. So, um, it's it's about me uh, getting him out of his comfort zone, really, isn't it? Not letting him settle into a into a pace. Yeah, where he finds it comfortable. Yeah. So just, you know, looking back over your record as well, so you've obviously only got the one loss and that came to O'Hara Davis. Um and obviously there's no shame in that this has been a massive name. Um yeah. do you feel like you you learnt a lot from that, you took a lot away from that fight? Yeah, I feel like I learned a a massive a massive amount from that fight. It was obviously I'd been on some big bills but that was the I was a ma it was a massive Massive step up for me, um, and, a, and a bit of a gamble at it. And I was in an early stage of my career um, against you know a massive puncher in, in a hard day. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I, I just, as I said, I just switched off. Um, and you know, sorry about that. If if, if you do that at, at a high level, then you, you can, you'll be punished for it. And, you know that it's just made me even more determined, and and made made me realise that you know it wasn't. It wasn't that he was that much, that a great deal better than me. It was just, you know, I've, I've learned from my mistakes now, and, and we can't afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Would you like the rematch in the future? If he, I mean, he's sort of claiming he's retired, isn't he? And yeah, I think he's retired, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know what he, what he's up to, um, but you know, never real, real not an answer. It's just obviously I've got to keep winning. I've got to win, win here first, and yeah. you know, see what door, see what doors open for me. Definitely, and and that's uh, what a belt will do, isn't it? So, do you see some doors oh, yeah. starting to open? Maybe if uh, if you can beat Phil Bowes. Yeah, I think I think I think I 
yeah, of course, I think it's the most important fight for both of us, really. Uh, so, I'm going to have to ask you, what's your prediction on the night then? Of course, you're predicting yourself winning, I imagine, but yeah. how how is that going to pan out? I think it might it could be could be a cagey affair, you know, Southpaws, um, Southpaws and North Docks obviously can can be quite cagey at times, and Phil Phil does like like the box so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to tip myself to win. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't have to go twelve rounds. <laughs> hopefully we get get them out of there. But yeah, I'm fully prepared and I've been sparring well and been getting getting the rounds under my belt. So we'll be prepared for the 12, 12 round fight. So yeah, if, if it has to go all the way, then so be it. I've had some top top sparring, um, sparring to the likes of Jack Cattrall and Terry Flanagan. So so I've had some world where level sparring. Um, Obviously, he'll say he's bad. A lot of Davis, who's been my, been my only uh, the loss as a, as a professional. But I think that's that's totally different styles, aren't we? So mm-hmm. if 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 he has bad, then if, if he hasn't, it's one of them things, isn't it? Doesn't really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. So, as you say, big night for Liverpool. If we just cast our eye down the rest of that card a little bit, I'd love to know what you think about some of those other fights. I think as as a fan, you know, straight away you look at Liam Smith and, and uh, Sam Edmonton. I think if if you know boxing, you know that that's going to be a bit of a phone box fight, and it's going to be it's going to be a cracker for for the fans and the paying public. So I think obviously it's took a bit of stiff, and people will give imagine stiff about you know putting putting Sam in, but it's a big chance for Sam, and and obviously it's a it's a good fight for for Beefy at this stage for his first fight with Matthew, so it's. It's a, I think it's a good fight for the for the public as both people are gonna both the both boxers are gonna gonna want to put on a good show. So yeah, I think it'll be very pleasing on the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's loads there's loads of fights there. There's there's some cracking fights on. I think there's five, ten or twelve rounds. You know, yeah, you saw like Steve mate Robbie Davis. He's fighting for the European and the British against Joe Hughes, and I think that's gonna be a cracker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there's. A lot of tension building between Anthony Fowler and Scott Fitzgerald, which again, mm. I think that, that's going to be a cracker. Um, obviously, I know both, both of them, both lads, both get on well with both, um, both of them. So it's it's a tough one, but I, I don't want to sit on the fence. But I just mm. think Anthony Fowler is going to be be too, too big and strong for Scott because you know he's campaigned at like a high level as a as a middleweight and coming down and carrying a lot of power and. Just think that might take its its toll, um, but I think both of them are going to put it put it on the line from it from the off, and you know it's it's who, who turns up on the night, isn't it? And I can't really see that going the distance, and um, mm-hmm. either way, if if someone lands on me, but I just do think Andy Andy Val's got the big bigger punch power, you see. So I'm, I'm probably favouring Fowler at the minute. Yeah, so you see Fowler there. Uh, who do you see in Smith versus Eggington? Have you got a? Yeah, I think I think Beefy Beefy yeah. will be too cute, cute and clever on the inside, and I think think he he, he might get get some Eggington out of there as well. Yeah, and the other one that that we haven't mentioned is uh, David Price and Cash yeah, Alley. Pricey. Yeah, yeah. Price, um, you know, I think everyone's always worried about Price, isn't he? But I think again, he's he's. He's campaigned at a level above Cash Ali and 
I think you know he, he can knock anyone out on his day, Pricey. So I'd say mm. Pricey to knock to knock him out as well. Yeah, yeah. As you say, it's it's fascinating now, isn't it, when David Price goes out to fight because we know the level that he's competed at, but we also yeah. know about that that level of fragility that he can have. Uh, yeah. But yeah. to be fair, he hasn't, he hasn't really shown shown that of late. As he's looked very strong when he's, when he's been in the ring, it only only for that injury in his in his uh, one of his last fights against Kuzman, where he where he pulled I think pulled a bicep in like the fourth round. Mm. Um, but before mm. that, he was doing well against uh, what's his name? Kuzmin. Yeah, he was yeah. doing well against Kuzman, and then and then he was doing well before that. Oh, yeah, yeah Povetkin as well. Yeah, yeah Povetkin. Uh, I can't even think of his name. Yeah, he's doing well against Povetkin, and you know, nearly, nearly had had a there. I think that, that only saved Povetkin. That would have been just a, a massive, massive team. Would have put Pricey right, right back up there for big fights. But so mm-hmm. I think he's taking a lot of confidence now and into into these fights. And he's, he, I think he is looking, looking good. He looks like he's enjoying enjoying boxing again, which is a good thing. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a horrible cliche, but it's a stacked card. <laughs> Yeah, um, so elsewhere, just any have you got any sort of parting messages for for your fans listening, or even for Phil Bowes if uh, if he hears you on here? Um, just if obviously for all me, me, uh, me family, friends, me supporters, me fans uh, who have you know already been on me for tickets and are looking forward to support me on the night, can't thank them enough because it's going to be a massive night of boxing. Um, I'm, I'm sure, sure I won't let you down. Obviously, all the best to Phil Bowes. He seems like a, a nice lad, and uh, obviously, the boxing, boxing into business, and you no, know, won't be no good to show anything. It'll be just, just, just lads going at him. Made the best man win. Good. So we can't, we won't expect trash talking and table throwing then when it comes to the press conference. No, listen, that's not my st- my style. Uh, a lot of Davis will try to go me into it, but you know, I think I, I rose above it to a certain extent. And maybe got a little bit involved with them mm. at the final press conference, but you know, I can only take the balls for that. For how he, he's been with me, and you know, there's been been none of that so far. So until, until mm. that happens, we're uh, we're either at that. I know, it, I know it gets some sort of, it, some people do it to get casual fans interested, don't they? But I think it's definitely much more uh, appealing to see two boxers being sportsmanlike with each other in the press conferences. And, and no, I, yeah, I think I think it's became it has became um, became the case that everyone thinks they've got a they've got a trash talk each other and they've got a they've got a slang have a slang match. But you know, some of the best fighters when I went to. Two lads just uh, go well. Two men and women go are going at it. They, they leave leave it all in the ring and save save it all for in there. No, boxing's about respect, isn't it? I've I've got full respect for anyone who gets in the ring. So, yeah, I'm not gonna change change my who I am or my personality to to try and get a, a few casual fans. I just want to please people for for our like boxing. I'll perform on the night. Final say to. Uh, my sponsors, all my sponsors who've, who've been looking after me for for, the, for this fight and obviously for fights further the field and I can't can't just to give them some mention uh, probe probe security services um, Tony had XL Thailand and uh, it's Chef Breath who looking after me food the Jane and Martin and Kyle Clinic who've, who've been looking after me for 
for a long time. That one, and and then David King, who's been who's come on board a few times. So, uh, and also Dave from uh, Bar Fifty Three, who's been looking after me for, for quite a while. So, yeah, again, can't thank them for all their support, and you know, it goes goes a long way in in helping us, you know, achieve what we call our dreams and you not know, to fight on these big shows. So. Uh, again, can't thank all them enough, and then of course me family, me friends who always stick by me and come watch me fight. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'm sure they'll all be uh, yeah happy to to hear that and looking forward to watching um, watching that fight. Right, well, thanks very much, Tom. Um, yeah, you've been a gent, and thanks very much for talking to us. No props at all. Nice one. Thanks for the thanks for giving us a call, man. We're going to preview that fight properly in the next couple of weeks, but Adam, what did you uh, make of that little chat with Tom there? You know what, I've, I've never really heard heard him talk before, and he, he comes across like a, a fairly down-to-earth guy. Um, you know, he. It, I was worried that there might be a bit, you know, that it's, there's no beef, is there? Let's face it, he's very respectful of what Phil's mm. done. Um, I think he knows that... You know, he's not buying a... T- Sky aren't buying... This is going to be live on Sky. He's a matchroom fighter fighting in Liverpool. Um, he clearly respects Phil for what Phil is doing, going up to Farrell's hometown to defend his title. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, he... It was what he said about things about Phil living the life and he, he just seemed very down-to-earth and I, I was just impressed with that. Yeah, 100%. I think he he's came across very well, didn't he, there, Tom Farrell? Um, so I do just want to have a very quick look at the rest of the card or at least I'm really um, fascinated by, it's quite a good card all round but I'm really quite fascinated by David Price versus Cash Alley primarily because I'm just always a bit morbidly fascinated when David Price gets in you know we all love Pricey but that fragility um, well it, it attracts viewers and it attracts interest I think doesn't it every time he, he gets back in the ring uh, what do you make of that fight? Absolutely, and I mean not to not to compare Pricey to uh, Eric Esch to Butterbean, but um, there was a great feature piece on him in boxing on Butterbean in Boxing News, and they said to him about you know did it bother him that he was known as the king of the four rounds, and he said no because people used to enjoy watching me. I used to get paid well because people enjoyed watching me fight. Mm. And all right, but, uh, sorry, David Price is at a much higher level and with much loftier ambitions. But look, as you say. People buy it's a bit like Amir Khan. If there's a vulnerability, it makes it exciting, especially when, as Pricey clearly can, you can um, you can really bang. So, mm. yeah, I like Pricey. I'd love to see him win it. I'm certainly going to be tuned in watching it, not just because of uh, not just because of Philip Bowes. Um, I, I would be watching anyway because of David Price. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Also, there's Liam Smith and Sam Eggington. I mean, we were talking about this earlier off air. I'm I'm a massive Sam Eggington fan, but I find it hard to see any way for him past Beefy here. What do you think? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I agree. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I agree. I'm a I'm a huge uh, Eggington fan. I uh, really enjoy watching his fights. Um, he's a bit like Pricey. He's you know you're going to get guts and gl- guts or glory or both. Um, Beefy is obviously proven at, at world level and. Yeah, you can't really look past him for that, but um, certainly be another one that I'd be, I'd be keen to see anyway. Mm, I see. I've um, got also we've got 
Fowler versus Fitzgerald as well. I'm seeing a Fowler stoppage win there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Fowler's a kind of a bit of a prodigy, isn't he? A bit of a, he's kind of splits opinion uh, with his with his attitude, but I thought he came across very well in the podcast the other week when he was on that. It was him on it, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was on not too long ago, yeah. Because he was due to fight... Um, they were talking about him against Cheeseman, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I've gone off top topic there, but it was Fowler mm-hmm. that they was lining up to fight Cheeseman and then Cheeseman lost. Yeah, yeah, that 100%, yeah. Um, I, they still think that might happen, though, because Cheeseman's still got the British belt, hasn't he, so... Yeah, I mean down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like. He got a lot. He gets a lot of stick online for being cocky or whatever. But actually, when he was on the Toe to Toe podcast, I thought he came across. Look, boxers have to be confident, and he just came across as confident in his own ability, comfortable with that, which is for me that's fine. Yeah, I've I've been chatting to the guys up up here in Sheffield. I've been chatting to the guys at Boxing Science um, a little bit, and they do his sort of strength and conditioning work. And just some of the stuff they put out, uh, some of the work he does, it looks really impressive. Uh, I think people are just struggling to deal with his physicality um, in in that weight class. I can't see Fitzgerald dealing with it, to be honest. But... No, no, I don't think we'll see Fowler properly tested for a, for a few fights yet. And that's not because of the opposition he's in with, that's just because of his own ability, I think. Mm. So we've just come out of a weekend with a lot of small hall action and we're going into another one. The weekend beginning on Friday the 15th of March is stacked with small hall stuff. I mean, I know that's a cliche, stacked, but I've said it now. So there we go. The uh, highlight for me has got to be uh, over at the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester. We've got David Oliver Joyce against Stephen Tiffany. Um, and I just think, having seen both of these guys, that that is a really uh, cracking fight, a really good piece of matchmaking. David Oliver Joyce is nine and zero, seven stoppages. He's a, he's strong. He punches hard, and he wears opponents down as well. And that's from the small ball scene that he's done that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very impressive. Yeah, the small, definitely. Well, sorry. He was you on get one me of... excited now, George. You get me excited. For... <laughs> Well, that's that's the idea. It was on, it was on one of those televised MTK shows, um, and he, he just looked uh, he just looked like a force to me. Um, Stephen Tiffany, who's ten and one with four stoppages, uh, he's one who came to the pro game very late, but he has got a touch of quality about him. His one loss was in a Scottish title fight to uh, to Lewis Paulin, but um, he hasn't actually said what was going on there. But it sounds like there was some sort of personal. You know something going on behind the scenes there. Um, it's not a you know it's a result he's kind of written off on that account really, um, and he you know he's shown his quality since he's come back with a win. And another highlight actually from the whole weekend on the same card, I really like this match. Uh, ben Sheedy, who's ten one and one versus Jack Sellers, who's six three and one. Both uh, have lost to Matthew Wigglesworth. He's the central area middleweight champion. Um, Matthew Wigglesworth as well is worth a note he's basically the definition of, of motivation he's one of these guys who loves the secret and uh, you know Spencer Fearing style and makes up for uh, well the odd shortfall in technique with just sheer willpower he's a really uh, really impressive fighter in that way but Sellers um, has some quality to him he's been in with Ted Cheeseman he lost um, 
Ben Sheedy, you know, is a, a familiar name to a lot of people around the small hall scene. Um, but you know, both have have lost, but they're they're not bad losses. They're not losses to be ashamed of. Um, I think Jack Sellers might spring a surprise there. I, you know, I, I don't know it, but it's an interesting match either way. Um, Adam, moving on. I know you've you've got something to update us on. You want to talk about the York Hall? Yeah, party, I mean, yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a Goodwin Boxing Show this weekend at York Hall on Saturday the 16th. Um, going back to last weekend, though, we did have a Team Southport Jab fighter up against a uh, Goodwin boxer on a Goodwin show, which was Hollywood Josh Jack Povey. Um, unfortunately for Southport Jab and for Josh, he. Uh, he, he dropped a points decision. I think it was 98-92. Um, but he dropped it to a very good boxer in Sean Robinson. And they're both they're both like lovely guys. I know it's, it's, it's irrelevant, really. But, you know, you can't knock. Um, you can't begrudge Sean a, a well-earned win. That's just a shame for, for Josh. So moving quickly on to this weekend, there's a couple of big fights on, on that um, Goodwin card that if I was going, I'd be very excited about. Um, there's Kay Prosper against Sam O'Mason for the English Super Lightweight title. And there's Linus Eudofia uh, against Darren Cardona in an English title final eliminator. Uh, uh, that's at middleweight. Um, can I just say, just brief digression. You know, we, we're saying about all this small hall stuff, you know. When you sent me your notes, there must be half a dozen shows going on around the country this weekend. Yeah. And for me, it's just... It's just proof that if you want to get out and watch boxing, it is accessible. You don't have to sit in and watch it on the telly. And it's so much better seeing it live. I mean, it really is. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that, like, no matter where you are in the country, there's big scenes down in Bristol, up in Sheffield, up in Manchester, Liverpool, Birmingham. There's shows all over the country. Anyway, that's my that's my two two cents worth. Yeah, no, 100%. There's... Um... You know, I was, I was going to mention uh, just this coming weekend. Um, we've picked out some highlights we're going to talk about now, but there's also shows in Glasgow, Norwich. There's a VIP card in Oldham. There's Nottingham. Tyrone Nurse is there, uh, looking to get back to winning ways. And there's one at the Bedford Corn Exchange. There's a promotion in Sunderland. Uh, just there's a lot of live boxing out there. Um, and as Adam said, definitely get out and watch some. It's uh, it's it's a whole different ball game to watching it on the telly, and it's well worth doing if you're a fan. Yeah, my old mucker, Mickey, Mickey Helliot, likes to uh, likes to always say, see the stars of tomorrow today, which uh, he's got a good point. I mean, if you look mm. at some of these small hall shows, in fact, uh, that's a neat segue into Linus Eudofia, started on the, the small hall scene, is now knocking on, he's working with David Hay, you know, he's got he's just signed another management contract with um, Steve Goodwin, but, you know, he's working with David Hay, he was on that show up at the O2 that we went to in December, mm. Um, looking very good again. So, you know, these guys, they, they start in these in the small hall at York Hall, in the Corn Exchange, wherever it was, in the, you know, somewhere in Nottingham, but they end up on TV winning big titles. So, so yeah. So let's mm-hmm. let's start with Linus Eudofia against Darren Cardona. Um, Eudofia was supposed to be fighting uh, Taylin Jones for the Southern Area title this weekend. Unfortunately, Taylin picked up an injury. Um, his last fight was against... Uh, or sorry, not Taylin's last fight. Darren Cardona, his um, Linus's opposition, was uh, was out last time. He was out was to Taylin Jones for the Southern Area title, where he dropped a 96-94 decision. That was obviously quite a close fight. That was in July last year, and that was the last time he fought. So he's been out of the ring 
for seven months. He's got a seven three and one record, and I've got to say, Linus twelve and six knockouts. I can't look past Linus for this. I mean, the guy is. I think he's an exceptional boxer. Um, he's got power in both hands. He he's just so slick. Um, and yeah, I. It, I mean, I can't look past Linus for that, but it'll be a cracking fight while it goes. Because when someone comes to fight Linus, it brings the best out in him. He fought a guy called Eric Nwankwa. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, but that was an absolute cracker uh, midway through last year. Um, but yeah, so that'd be a good one. And then top of the bill at York Hall, you've got Kay Prosper against Sam O'Mason. Um Mason's the champion. Uh, Kay Prosper's 12 and 1, 7 knockouts, which again, for your. I mean, just to clarify, George, you know as well, your small hall, you don't get the high knockout ratios that they do on these big shows. You know, you see Anderson mm-hmm. Josh Fowler coming through with these huge knockout ratios, almost 80, 100%. It's much harder on the small hall, isn't it? Hundred percent. Yeah, as, as you said when we were picking out David Oliver Joyce earlier, that's remarkable when he's got um, those seven stoppages in nine wins. Um, it, it's a yeah. dif- different ball game, isn't it, in the small hall? It is. It is. I mean, these basically the the, the opponents that is their bread and butter. This is how they pay their their um, pay their rent, you know. And one of the away fighters once said from Slovakia came out and he was complaining because at the small hall they get basically minimum rate. If they fight on one of the big shows, they don't need to. If you get stopped, you don't work for four weeks. They, he said, I don't need to work for four weeks afterwards if I get stopped on one of those because I get six, seven grand or whatever it is they get and, and a nice hotel, which seemed to be quite yeah. a big deciding factor for them as well. <laughs> but anyway, so Kay Prosper's got a more than 50% knockout ratio. He's just got the one loss to Rakeem Noble, which is, um, you know, good good quality of opposition. Um and last time he was out, uh, I was there to see Prosper um, beat a fairly, unfortunately, starting to look past it, Nathan Wees, who's a lovely guy and trains at our beloved West Ham. But um, yeah, he just he just got outmuscled and outclassed that night, unfortunately. Um, so I've not seen much of O'Mason, but... I mean, he's 16 and two again with seven knockouts, and you, you've got to say it's—he's the champion. So, that, I mean, that looks like a quality fight to me. Mm. Yeah, it's it's definitely what sticks out, doesn't it? When you look at that card, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, the only thing I'd say is he got stopped by um, Michael Madman Mooney, uh, and I'd like to see what happened there. I'd, I haven't seen the fight, but I'd really like to see it because. Michael Mooney is an all-or-nothing guy, as you can imagine, with the madman. And unfortunately, it sounds like O'Mason caught him in the middle of a winning, or it looks like on BoxRec that he caught him in the middle of a, a three-fight winning streak. So, as we'll, we'll find out when we talk to Pucci next week, or when, you know, when we talk to Pucci, um, when these guys, the opponents, get a win, they sometimes do fancy it. And Pucci's told me in the past that he can... He has a little look at the opponents and these guys with the unbeaten records that you're they're bringing in to look good against, and he he they can tell they know when they they might see something, and that for me makes me wonder whether Prosper's gonna gonna just nick this one, whether Sam Mason's got a little bit of vulnerability. Mm, definitely, you know, to play devil's advocate as well, you know, some fighters come back better, don't they, from a loss, but 
I'm sure that'll yeah. be that'll be his argument, but we'll see. Well, I mean, he got stopped up. At, I mean, this was at a much higher level at IBF International belt against um, Luca Giacon in uh, Spain, I believe that was. So, you know, mm. he's been halted twice. Uh, Prosper's loss was on point. Look, I think either way, we're going to see two cracking fights on the top of that bill. And uh, look, far be it from me to stick my neck out on the result of, uh, you know, having only seen one half of each uh, each of the top two fights there in Linus and Kay. So I'm sure it'll be your money's worth, let's say. Well, worth keeping an eye on that then. Um, moving on up next, we've got it's Sheffield's Ponds Forge Arena. We've got Tommy Frank, 9-0, versus Luke Wilton, 25 and one for the Commonwealth Super Flyweight title. So there's another title on the line there, and that's worth keeping an eye out for. Um, elsewhere, for the Midlands Flyweight title, we've got Ejaz Ahmed versus the punching poet Matt Windle, who's, I, I just think that's an amazing double career. He's a, a poet and a professional boxer, so I think maybe we need to get him on the podcast doing some poetry. Definitely, much like, much like our own boxing bassoonist, Hannah, Hannah Rankin. Yeah, well, that's another quality one, isn't it? That, what a double career there. Elsewhere, another one um, that we just thought was a little bit of a highlight from this weekend's action was Lyndon Arthur's back out. Um, he's another one with, these with, a, with a really remarkable small haul record. He's 13-0. How many stoppages? 10. 10 stoppages from 13 wins. That's... <laughs> <laughs> that's a light heavyweight that's a light heavyweight and it's at the Middleton Arena so he's getting out uh, against Gonzalo Romero it should be a pretty routine win I imagine they're trying to set him up for another stoppage Romero has been stopped twice in his last three um, he's a bit of a giant though he's 6'4 so there's something to deal with there for King Arthur but um, could see him en route to that 11th stoppage um, as we said, elsewhere there are, there are cards in Glasgow, Norwich, Oldham. I won't list everywhere again, but there's a lot of fantastic small hall boxing going on this weekend. So, you know, if, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, go look into a ticket. You know, buy one off a fighter. That's what we always try and promote. Buy one off a fighter rather than just buying one from the venue um, because they'll really appreciate it. And, it, you know, it supports all their training costs. It supports the sport. <laughs> So, looking beyond the small hall, there's also the small issue of the IBF World Super Featherweight title, which is being contested by Tevin Farmer and John O'Carroll. Um, looking at this one, I mean, John O'Carroll, John O'Carroll is as tough as they come. Uh, I'm a real fan, I like watching him, uh, he's got a really entertaining style, but whether he'll have enough um, for Farmer, who's, who's more of a, a slick boxer... Uh, it's hard to see it. Last time out, he looked a little bit laboured in the draw with Guillaume Frenois. Uh, I don't think the draw was unfair in the end. The other thing, uh, when you look at... That as well, his last two fights have been have been excellent. So, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the other thing I, I pick up on with Carroll is that he's only got three stoppages despite having that come-forward all-action style. And he maybe needs a little bit more power to, to back it up, I think, at, at this level. Um, you know, he'd, he'd have to, I think, to get the win here, he'd have to grind down and stop Farmer. Um, we can't doubt 
Carroll's work rate, but you know, has he got the power to really go and capitalise on the openings he makes? I'm not sure. Um worth tuning in for though, surely. Yeah, well definitely worth a look, definitely worth a look. Um and he we'll discuss that later when we get to the sort of bet of the week section, but he he's one of the sort of interesting prices. If you're a big John O'Carroll fan, there's there's good prices on John O'Carroll out there. Um, moving on, uh, Adam, do you want to talk us through Garcia and Spence? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm assuming the listeners won't know this is happening because there's not much been made about it. Um, you know, these two unheard of fighters in Errol Spence and Moss. Yeah, six, 63 fights or something between them, 63 wins and, you know, an 80% knockout ratio of those or something. I mean, yeah, what's so interesting about this is that Errol Spence is defending his uh, IBF welterweight title, but it's more that Mikey Garcia is stepping up. I think it's two divisions. Mm-hmm. He's ste- stepping up from, or he's had one fight at light welterweight, and he's stepping up to welterweight. Essentially, he's fought down at featherweight, and he's going to be up fighting for a welterweight world title. Now, I saw a picture of him doing the rounds on social media, and he's he's looking like he's filled into the weight quite nicely. Uh and I just think it's going to be a cracking fight. I mean, you're not talking about Kelbrook against Golovkin here or uh, Amir Khan against Canelo. These are two guys with, you know, there's no one's ever questioned how good they are. Whereas, I'm sorry, as much as I like Kelbrook and Amir Khan, they have had, did have questions hanging over them and they've got even more mm-hmm. now. Um, both boxers can obviously can punch. Both have got, whether that carries up for Garcia, we'll, we'll see. I don't think he's had a stoppage uh, for about three or four fights now, um, we'll just we'll see what you know. <laughs> People are talking. Oh, it's going to be skill against strength and all this. I think it's going to be skill and strength against <laughs> skill and strength, which makes it a great fight. Um, I side ever so slightly with Errol Spence. I'm a big fan of both. It's just mm. a fight that I don't think anyone should miss if you're up at four or five o'clock in the morning or whatever it is, or if you can set it to record. Yeah, so insomniacs everywhere, watch out for that one. But no, it is is definitely worth watching. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's definitely worth watching. I I find it hard to see him jumping up, uh, managing with the weight difference, even though, as you say, he does look good at the weight. But it'll be be, be an interesting fight. I think it's a very good fight, but there's only so much uh, your body can do, and jumping up that many that quickly... But we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. Mm. Mm. Um, so also, there's uh, Katie Taylor. She, I mean, she's one to twenty on uh, to beat Rosa Volante. This is it's surely going to be another routine win. But there's three world titles on the line. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's exciting in that respect. But you know, just expect another Katie Taylor masterclass. Surely, don't don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know when... Because she split with her father as, as a trainer, didn't she? She's been with mm-hmm. us since she was an actor because there's mm-hmm. some personal stuff going on which is kind of irrelevant to boxing. But what is relevant is that they're not together anymore. I'm not sure if that was before or after the last fight, but we'll see. I mean, hopefully it doesn't affect her. I like Katie Taylor a lot. She comes across as a wonderful advocate for the sport, an ambassador for the sport. So, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'm throwing out um, fairly staid... Uh, you know, time-tested uh, platitudes towards her here, but she she is she's brilliant, and I hope she wins. Yeah, and I'm sure she will, as you say. 
She well, she's just such a professional. I I, I can't see. Um, I can't see something like that stopping her. But of course, with it being family as well, is it's difficult, isn't it? Anyway, we'll see, and hopefully that's. Uh, uh, before we move on, sorry to butt in there, George. No, go on. And I say she's also she's also got my respect because not only when I went to her show in December of 2017 at your pool did she put in an absolute shift in a brilliant fight and and bring your to your call an army of young. Uh, mainly Irish, obviously, but Irish uh, boys and men and women, which mm. you don't see your call 50% female ever. And so that was great for the sport and for the women's code. And she probably supplied me with one of my moments of last year when Colin Farrell said that he'd walk out with her, went into a changing room before a fight and said, I'll walk out with you and carry your belt. <laughs> she basically said no. <laughs> she said no. Which I thought was, but yeah, he just rocked up at her changing room, big famous <laughs> Irish actor, and said, "Oh, you know, I'd really like to walk out with your belt and do the ring walk with you." And she said, "I don't know how." I'm sure she was very polite about it, but basically, uh, he was politely declined. And I just thought that was great, big Hollywood actor throwing his weight around and getting rebuffed. I would love to so know what she said. I would love to. Yeah, know so what would I. Said. So would I. But there we go. Well, if we had anyway, sorry, interview, sorry for my interjection, but that, I just thought that was a story worth sharing. Definitely, 100%. If we ever get that interview, we'd know what the first question is. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. think we'd get ripped off there as well, mate, to be honest. but <laughs> Well, the only other one to touch on was Luke Campbell's uh, getting out again, but uh, that is another one. To me, it looks like a fairly routine win. Hopefully, he's got a tough Mexican, Adrian Young, um, he's got five losses to his name. He's got 26 wins to his name as well, though, and a couple of draws. He's never been stopped. Um, we can say that for him. Um, but this should be another another win for Luke Campbell. That's on the undercard of Farmer and Carroll. And uh, Taylor's obviously on that card as well. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of the round-up. What finished? Are there any other fights you were wanting to pick out before I move on? No, no, no. Let's um, let's dive into some gambling. Yeah, so well, not dive, sorry, <laughs> responsibly dip our toes into <laughs> some gambling. <laughs> <laughs> so now moving on, just finishing up, we've got our bet of the week feature. So Adam, have you picked anything out? Uh, you know me, George. I'm maths isn't exactly my strong point. I can do totting up people's records. And knockout percentages, but when it comes to gambling odds, uh, I'm afraid it's all hieroglyphics to me. So uh, <laughs> I'll throw it straight back to you on that one. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'll I'll I've dig through uh, dug through a few of the uh, hieroglyphics, and so we we already gave John O'Carroll a, an honourable mention. He's six to one um, with Paddy Power fittingly to beat Tevin Farmer. Um, that, as we've said, I mean that, that, that's that, that's not our bet of the week. This is just a little honourable mention. But John O'Carroll, he's you know he has got a shot there. I mean, it's hard to see him overcoming the, that slick uh, style of farmer, but it's not impossible either. And that's that's going to be tempting for uh, for John O'Carroll fans, I think. But um, our bet of the week is at the same price. It's Gabriel Rosado. He's six to one to be Mikhaij M- Selecki. I've been struggling with that pronunciation for a while. Massiage, I think. Massiage, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 
with Betfair and Paddy Power, they've both got uh, six to one on Gabriel Rosado. That's the best price uh, we can find for you at the moment on that. Um, of course, you know you've got to make Selecki favourite there, but we just think uh, Rosado. That's really tremendous value. We know the you know we know the quality that he operates at, um, and and he's better than a six to one shot. I think. Um, have you got any input on that, Adam? Before we move on. Yeah, I'm, I mean. <laughs> As I say, not not necessarily with the odds, but um, you never know what you're going to get. Gabe Rosado comes, he, he puts it all puts it all out there, and so you know, at the top level of boxing, it doesn't take much to to spin a fight round. Um, so yeah, if you think that there's even a chance, it might be worth a little a little punt. Yeah, that's it. I, I just think that's that's the best bit of value really out there at the moment. So uh, we'll have another bet of the week for you next week. So we'll have another bet of the week for you next week. What else will, are we planning to have on the show, Adam? Do you want to talk us through it? Well, hopefully we're going to have um, Pucci on, giving his giving his two cents worth on a variety of different things. There's a big weekend for uh, another Southport jab Commonwealth champion, Wadi Camacho. Um, Wadi faces, of course, Lawrence Acoli, and we'll, pre- we'll presumably have a look at the rest of that card, George. Yeah, 100%. It's a great card. There's also uh, <clears throat> Conroy on there. Is Conroy and Boazzi, isn't there? Uh, Charlie Edwards defending his world title. So that's definitely one we'll have to dig into a little bit further next week. And it will be fantastic to hear from Pucci, yeah. So, yeah, and I, I, we'll try and get a word from, from Wadi as well in the coming week. We'll have to speak to him, whether it's uh, Chris or myself here next week with you. Um, I'm sure Chris will be able to talk to Wadi because he's... They're, they're good pals. Um, but yeah, of course, we'll be diving around the small hall scene and just having a little chat about about what's going on in the uh, in the less large venues. Yes, brilliant, fantastic, and we'll be letting you know whether any of our predictions came right. Um... Yes, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll speak to maybe one or two of the winners. You know, we'll try. We'll try and we'll see who we can get. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> so that's uh, that's a wrap, really. Unless you've got anything to add, and I just sort of want to thank people for listening. Um, yeah, thank you, guys, of course. But um, you know, look, just go out and enjoy the boxing this weekend. Have a, yeah, you know, don't. <laughs> it's not hard. Go out and watch it. Watch it on telly. What you know, boxing, boxing, boxing. Yeah, like we said, it, it's. It's not hard to go out and, and uh, support a local fighter and, and get to a small hall show. They're dotted all around the country this weekend, so hopefully you find some boxing to enjoy. Thanks very much for listening. This has been the Southport Jab Podcast. Yo, beast mode, I go beast mode. Left, right, hook, then I reload. Speed until the E3 slow. Connect every uppercut, clean blow.